It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Joe Mixon is one of the Bengals' biggest cap hits in 2023, but he was outsnapped by Samaj P. Ryan in the AFC Championship game. Let's talk about that, plus some projected contracts for the Bengals' biggest free agents. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button so we're delivered to your devices when we upload our content every day, and make us your first listen, because all the cool kids do it. Be part of the club. Joe Mixon, James, was outsnapped by Samaj P. Ryan in the AFC Championship game. And in the wild card round, which we didn't talk about, or we didn't talk about as much anyway at the time, he has one of the larger cap hits for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2023, coming in at $12.79 million against the cap. Samaj so P. right not under contract, of course, next year. Let me ask you a question, James. What was Joe Mixon better at than Samaj P. Ryan this year? And I think there is an answer to this question, but let's start there. He was more explosive, right? He had he had uh, some bigger plays, um, but it wasn't like he had an 80-yard touchdown run that we remember or a 72-yard reception for a touchdown. But he had his games, had his moments, was really good, I thought, in the divisional round against the Bills, was really good, obviously, against the Panthers. So there were games when he had that burst, that explosion, that um, you need to see from Joe Mixon, you need to see from someone that has a $12 million cap hit. But liability and pass protection, certainly compared to Samaj P. Ryan, trust-wise, it's not even close. And that's why when you're passing it as much as they did in the AFC Championship game, that P. Ryan out snaps him as much as anything. It's the ability to protect Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, from a value standpoint, if this is the way their offense is constructed, if this is what they're going to do on offense, Jake, I don't know how you look at it. Even though he's a great leader, I still think he's got some tread left. I don't think he's just washed up and done. But the way they're constructed, given what they need to do elsewhere, is it worth the resources to keep mixing around? I think that's a very real conversation that this Bengals front office and coaching staff needs to have. This is a pass first offense. And pass second offense. <laughs> a lot of the time it is. I mean, it the is. way they use their first game, and second. their quick game to, to be an extension of the running game. There are games where they're hardly running the ball at all, and they're still effective on offense. And they did get to be efficient in the ground game this year. But you're right. Joe Mixon was more explosive than Samaj P. Ryan. He had, you know, more carries, obviously than did Samaj P. Ryan, 250 to P. Ryan's 109. So about 100, 140 more carries 
And he had 21 rushes this year for 10 or more yards. And Samaja Piran had six. So Piran was the Mike Allstott. You need four, he'll get you. Well, it's three is the saying. You need three, he'll get you three. You need five, he'll get you three. But Samaje was the guy that was consistently efficient, positive runs, very few runs getting stuffed, was better at creating yards after contact on average this year than Joe Mixon was, was, like you mentioned, the much better pass blocker. So even if we've established that Joe Mixon is a better runner than Samaje Piran, which he is, more explosive, bigger, can, can do more as a runner. I agree with you. He isn't as physical, though, which is it's wild to say because you would He's look never at someone that way. Yeah, never. And, and, and you would look at someone like Mixon and think, man, tough to tackle. But it's it's more tough to tackle because he's got wiggle f- for his size more so and, than he's going to run you over. And sometimes we'll seek out contact and then just go down, which has been something we've talked about with Mixon for a while, too. None of this is to say that Joe Mixon is a bad player, right? No. Just to be abundantly clear about that. Joe Mixon has been an important part of this football team for his entire career. But if his cap hit is nearly $13 million in 2023, mm-hmm. and Samaj Piran's cap hit might be, say, $4 million, is, is Joe Mixon... You can't pay both, I think. I, I don't think you can put $18 million or so uh, you know, with, with all the, the RB3, RB4 into the running back position. I think that's too much for a pass first Mm -hmm. team, especially when that 13 million cap hit isn't on the field a bunch. Mm -hmm. Is he, is he worth $8 million more against the cap than Samaj P Ryan and the replacement for Joe Mixon? That's the question. That is, it's the question. And much like anytime we have these conversations. All right. So what, what is the plan if it's not Joe, where's that money going? Mm-hmm. Is, is that the difference between getting that pass rusher that can make a difference? Is that the difference between keeping Tyler Boyd for another season or not? Is, is that the difference between adding another quality offensive lineman, say a, a left guard or a right tackle? Um, not saying that they would do that in free agency, but maybe. Maybe it's a uh, one of these – versatile pieces that that is sort of like a Ted Karras type, right? Where he could play multiple spots, isn't going to get a huge deal in free agency, but can come in and, and be a stabilizing presence if you need it, especially early on uh, with a question at right tackle. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think all of those things are more valuable, valuable than what Mixon would bring for that money. And that's the part. It sucks because I like – Joe Mixon. I think he's great to have in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I, I think that having him on the team is awesome, but the numbers, it's really hard to make the argument. Oh my goodness. You, you definitely need him around. He's definitely in sync with Joe Burrow. He can protect him. He could do all of these things. He's this red zone threat. He's an explosive run. Actually, he feels replaceable. And e- even if you're only getting 80 or 85% of what Mixon gave, well, you're probably getting more than that because the Bengals don't bank on running backs to ball out. That's just not what they're, they're looking for. They're looking for reliable pass protectors that can go get the five yards when there's five yards there. And if they have that efficiency, that's, that's it. Their offense is going to be fine. So it's really hard without restructuring 
And may, maybe that's it. Maybe Mixon says, no, don't, don't cut me. I want to stay here. Let's rework my deal. Mm-hmm. But is he, because he's going to take a pay cut wherever he goes. It's not like he's going to get that contract again. So maybe that's the route you go. And he has said very clearly that he wants to stay in Cincinnati, but is he the direction you want to go? So if you if you accept the premise that he's a better rusher than Samaj P. Ryan, Samaj P. Ryan is a better pass protector and still a viable runner of the football. Do you look for speed? Hmm. This is something we've talked about with this offense, right? What what do we think they could add to this offense? Maybe that's the direction they go. There's there's more tread to this conversation. And you mentioned right tackle. We'll see if we have time to talk about that. Just looking at some of the potential cap cuts here. Well, Collins coming off that injury, probably worth a look as well. More to talk about, though, with this running back position for the Bengals coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, experiences that help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to open jobs with targeting tools. Maybe the Bengals could use this as they target different pieces for their roster as they retool things. LinkedIn Jobs has over 875 member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. And LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So part of this conversation, James, to me is about cap allocation. Can you use that money elsewhere? Does freeing up that money or reducing that cap hit somehow, some way, allow you to bring back a guy like Von Bell, who we talked about yesterday in terms of, you know, what the market might be. We've got some great projections from Brad Spielberger of PFF, who was really quite good at this last year that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Does it, does it give you the funds for some of these free agents that you want to retain or to go get a guy. So that's part of the conversation. The other part of the conversation is how does it fit the team and the way this offense needs to go? They got major contributions from their running backs in the passing game this year, more than they have in Joe Burrow's career so far. But could that have been better with a different kind of player catching those passes out of the backfield? Yeah, I I wonder. I I certainly – to me, there's always been a a struggle there in the first couple of years. And you had Giovanni Bernard in 2020, early on with Burrow. And to me, that like prime Geo is what would make a ton of sense. Could you find prime Geo? And that's just not mixing. Not to say mixing doesn't work. And, and Pierre isn't perfect, right? But but he's able to do what 
the offense needs from that position at the, you know, at a replacement level value, you know, replacement value level or level value or whatever you want to call it. And Mixon is not that as a pass protector. Well, Gio would have been a heck of a a pass protector and been exactly where you need him every single time and been able to catch out of the backfield. And yeah, he's small. He's not going to be a great between the tackles runner. Do the Bengals need a great between the tackles runner? No, they would be able to rely on a guy like P ride. So I, I think an ideal backfield is like a, a geo and a P ride. And both guys can be interchangeable as plat, pass blockers. And one guy can be between the tackles, but you can also throw it to him. And the other guy is certainly your, your pass catching back, but you could also hand it to him. And that, that sounds so simple, but the Bengals clearly don't love Joe Mixon as a pass protector, which we saw in Super Bowl 56, which we saw all season this year. And I think he is what he is at, at this point. If it hasn't gotten better, hasn't gotten reliable enough, then that's, that is what he is. There's also a world where you can't do better than Joe Mixon at running back. And then there's the conversation about, well, okay, maybe he is the right running back for our team, but maybe the, maybe the financial bit is, is the start and end of the conversation. And that's do you think they, do, you, do you think they can't do better, though? Let's just look at the guys they've drafted, right? I mean, I think Hill worked. I think Giovanni Bernard worked. Joe Mixon worked like guys that they've drafted relatively high to like contribute. I mean, Mixon's probably the most talented of all those guys. No doubt. I mean, he would have been without the off the feet. He's a top 15 pick. Otherwise, I mean, he would have been high I and mean, he was high on their board. Put it that way. Right. Hasn't had quite the receiving impact that he had at Oklahoma until this year. I mean, this was his best receiving year mm-hmm. from a volume perspective, from an efficiency perspective. So that part of his game did get better, but the, the protection issues have come up too many times, and the trust factor there is what's that's, keeping him off the field. And, and that's what you look at, and you look at the cap number, and you say, if you're going to pay a player this much money, the only cap hits bigger than Joe Mixon's are DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson, who we would all agree are two integral parts of this defense. Is Joe Mixon that for the offense? To is justify Joe Mixon, that resource allocation. Is Joe Mixon more valuable than Tyler Boyd? Compared to like the replacement kind of player is, is what you have to think about, like the next guy off yeah. the bench. So this year it's Samaj P. Ryan versus Trent Nerwin. That that argument makes itself. Correct. Yeah. I you'd much rather have Samaj P. Ryan and, and and get Boyd out there. No doubt. And yeah. so that's that's the part. Is as easy as it is. To find a receiver, and everyone will, will say that all oh, receivers are a dime a dozen. Can or running, running back. back. But but that's that's the part of it where it's like, well, the one position that might even be more of a dime a dozen. And this team has shown the ability to to recognize talent and for at, at running back. I mean, that's dating back a while now. Mm-hmm. It isn't just like Chris Evans hasn't worked, I think, as a pass protect pass protector. And that's why he's kind of fallen off a bit in in, in the in the shed or, or the uh, the doghouse a little bit the shed the, the doghouse a little bit. What's that but, outdoor structure? But he's he's talented. Like I don't deny his talent. And it, Travion Williams, I sixth rounder, like solid sixth rounder, like that's fine. But they they need something better. Like if you're moving on from Mixon, you're investing in running back earlier, whether it's. Signing someone in free agency for less, getting him to restructure 
or drafting someone early, I think it, I would be shocked if one of those three things doesn't happen. And by early, I mean first four rounds, I'll say. Probably day two. That seems to be where they like to – day two or like late day three. Those are the two places we've seen them address running they, back, they, right? Yeah, yeah, they could trade. Who knows at, You know, is where they're drafting. You, you could see them, much like last year when we talked about trading down, I could see them trading down too. You just never know. But Gio was the 37th pick, I believe, to give you an idea. So. Yeah, early second round is where Mixon, Hill, and Gio were, right? Yeah. Yep. So th- there's their track record there. Recently, I-, I think it's a tough conversation, man. Joe Mixon clearly like Energizer Bunny qualities in this locker room for the Bengals. Very well liked. Wants restructure. to be there. Restructure, Joe. And to be clear, we don't mean restructure as in take signing bonus and convert to salary or vice versa. It would be the other way. Take salary and convert to signing bonus to prorate it over the life of the deal. We mean renegotiate the deal, which oh yeah, rare. Take a you have to take a pick. Any wood like that's that's the part. Is so many of these players say no, I'm not taking a pick and I'm not taking a pick cut, and then they just get cut. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Mix, and I have no inside knowledge, but. Okay, so then you want to move and go elsewhere and be in a committee, guaranteed, and you're going to make less than you probably would if you just stayed put and tried to, to re, renegotiate this deal to where it would be much more team-friendly. How would you handicap it? Do you think that they just keep him on it? Because like earlier this season, I would have said he's going to play 2023 on his current deal, and then 2024, I was there, there's no way to me that he, he would see the deal in 2024 that he signed, but... Mm-hmm. In the middle of the season, we talked about it. I was like, yeah, Mixon's going to play on this deal next year. And then things seem to kind of shift, and, and P. Ram was getting more and more playing time. I think if you ask them today, they would say he's back. And I think there's a, de- a pretty good chance that he might be back under this deal because it, it really depends on if they can get these – these extensions done, get the, their free agent targets, all of those things. And and if that happens, right? Let's say they agree to their the the, the guys they're targeting in free agency, and they're they're going to have to be active in free agency again. Let's just say that. And Burrow's extensions done, and they feel good about where T is. Well, then they're going to have to do something with Mixon, and maybe it's post June one to alleviate some of that cap, the, the the cap issue. Maybe they just get it out of the way now. I. I uh, I could see it, but I also know how big of a, a role he is in the locker room, and I could also see them going the other way. But, you know, Joe Mixon and, and Jeremy Hill were teammates. Everyone knew Jeremy Hill was done after 26, 2017 with the Bengals. But guess what? He was their starter early on. They could easily draft a running back as the heir to the throne and, and have Mixon in there and, uh, and, and go that route. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if they did. Wasn't that Jeremy Hill's rookie deal still? They didn't yeah, extend him. So, no, so it, a, it was his rookie deal. Yeah, there's that, a reason to keep him around. That's a bigger difference. Yeah. But he was a starter. Yeah, but like $1 million cap hit versus... Oh, for 13. sure. I, I'm just saying they draft a year early a lot of times. Oh, yeah. It's not like they have a running back in waiting. No. No, they don't. The, this could... I mean, we're, when we talk about the draft, we're going to be talking about running back, probably day two running back. Probably a guy with speed, a guy who can play in the pass game, a guy who can bring that. Uh, by the way, I agree development. with you. Speed, 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 yeah. speed, speed, speed. Can you add some speed, man? I need some track stars. It's something that we're going to talk about 
this offseason as well. Like, how do we recreate some of the explosion? How does this Bengals offense rediscover the explosion that was much reduced in 2023 versus uh, versus 2020? Or sorry, 2022 versus 2021. Lots to talk about, man. They have some tough decisions to make. We're not going to talk about the Lel Collins contract today, but we will do a, a fuller look at the salary cap at some point here because I do think, I, I think I've said this a few times, despite them having the fourth most cap space in the NFL, when you take a deeper look at the cash they're going to spend and the cap space they're going to have to use this year, I think it does get a little bit nebulous and a little bit trickier to navigate than it may appear on paper because of the way they do different business. And so we'll see if, if that's going to be any different as well. But we've got some contract projections. Brad Spielberger from PFF was just spot on with this stuff last year, and he just put out his list of, of contract projections for the top 100 free agents over at PFF. And so just want to look at some of those numbers and see how they line up with what we talked about yesterday when we looked at the Bengals' biggest free agent. So we'll finish the show there next. Today's show is brought to you by TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring that your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Do you remember what the reported contract was that the Bengals offered Jesse Bates last year, James? Do you recall? I don't. I don't. I, I assume it was in the uh, $13 million range, but I'm not 13, sure. 13, 14, something like that. Okay. Like annually. Well, we'll, we'll start with the biggest projection from Brad Spielberger, who has Jesse Bates projected at five years, $75 million. 15 million a year mm. with 40 million guaranteed on that contract. You compare that to safety deals and that does not quite crack the top five of currently scheduled safety deals on an average per year basis starting in 2023, but it's close. Mm-hmm. And I assume that's where the number comes from, but $40 million guaranteed would be one of the bigger guarantees it would be the second biggest guarantee on all safety deals. So Brad very clearly taking into account David Mulligetta, the agent on this. Yep. One. Yeah. I uh, won't be shocked. He's going to get paid elsewhere. It's, you know, I've, I've resigned myself to the, the fact that that's the case and that guaranteed money certainly is going to matter. And uh, it's Dax Hill time when it comes to that, that Bengals free safety spot. Yeah. I think when we're talking 75 million, you're talking 40 million guaranteed. You're talking 15 
million a year. I think that that is bigger than the Bengals would want to do. Uh, I don't think that this changes anything for me, but if that market doesn't materialize, well, we'll see, but I think it will. Von Bell, the next one we talked about, I said, I said seven to eight. You said, if it's 10, no go. I agree. 10 would be too much. Brad has it projected at three years, 22 million. That's 7.3 a year. And that's yep. the kind of deal that I was thinking when I was like, yeah, I think Von Bell will be back. And that was the kind of deal I was thinking about. If if he's willing to accept something like that pre-free agency, I think it might get done. I, I Maybe he wants to become a free agent again. Maybe not. Maybe he says, screw this. I love it here. I love, well, we'll see if Lou's back, but I love this team. Because that that to me is reasonable. And, mm-hmm. and if he signs elsewhere for that, it's going to be like, well, wouldn't it be nice to have some consistency in that room? and consistency in the secondary where it looks like there's going to be some new faces certainly. And, uh, and we already mentioned Jesse. So, and we talked about the snaps on Thursday show, you're replacing a lot of snaps on defense. If you lose Eli and you lose Jesse and you lose Vaughn, it'd be nice to keep at least one of them. And obviously Vaughn, if you could get him for multiple years, that'd be nice, especially turning to Dax who's only in the second year of his rookie deal. And that's the other part of this. You have a guy on a rookie deal. So you could spend on that other spot, and it's not like you're spending on both. The reason you're able to get Vaughn partially is because you had Bates on a rookie deal, and it, and it helped. Well, now you could kind of flip it, and, and you have another guy on a rookie deal, and you could keep Vaughn around for a few more years through the rest of his prime. And it's a, it's a fifth-year option rookie deal. First, fifth-year option eligible rookie deal. Yep. And, so and, they and do have the extra th- year of control. And a three-year deal would – by the time that fifth year option kicks in, then Von Bell wouldn't be under contract. So from a position alloc- allocation, you know, from a resources standpoint, you'd feel pretty good. Yeah. I think that that number makes sense to me. That's what contributed to my perspective on Von Bell being back yesterday when we talked about it and why he feels like the most likely guy on that defensive side of the ball. Jermaine Pratt, the next one here, three years, 24.75 million. That's 8.25 million a year. That number doesn't change anything for me. I think it is a reasonable number for Jermaine Pratt, given the way he played this year, given the way that he's improved year over year and the fact that he's still very much in his prime. I just think that they're going to pay Logan Wilson and they're not mm. going to pay two linebackers. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some say, oh, we'll let Pratt walk and go get this free agent guy or that free agent guy. I, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think they're going to pay Logan. And, and maybe try to extend him this offseason if they can. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's it. You know, th- then that other spot is going to be Akeem Davis Gaither, Marcus Bailey, maybe another rookie. Could and, be a rookie. You, know, you, dra- you, you draft for 2024, worst case, right? Or, or a rookie splits time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's probably the likelihood of what happens at that spot, if I had to guess. And they will lose something there with without Jermaine Pratt if he is indeed not back. There's some things that he did that they don't necessarily directly have a replacement for on the roster right now, and it took them time to develop that skill set with Pratt. It took him time to develop that skill set for himself. So that one will, of course, bear watching in terms of the replacement. Last one here, totally prices Hayden Hurst out of the market for me. Ooh, say it. Say the number. Nine and a half million a year for 28.5 over three years for Hayden Hurst to get your money, Hercules. Bet on himself. It. And Brad thinks that that bet on himself pays off. I mean, look at tight end deals from last year. And you can see why this sort of number might make sense. I mean, Austin Hooper is projected 
at eight and a half million a year. Have you heard anything from Austin Hooper lately? No, I, I mean, that's crazy to me too, but I mean, 50, I had to look the numbers up to, and I know he missed a little time, but 52 receptions, 414 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, really? Tight end is scarce in the NFL right now. I mean, Foster Moreau, who I thought would have been a budget option, is is projected here at nine million a year. I think that like tight ends are just getting paid. I think that's that's what this reflects. And you think about last year, you think about those tight end deals last year, and we saw guys like CJ Uzama. And uh, but Uzama had more touchdowns, had more yards last year than Hurst and Tyler Conklin. I mean, it wasn't that different though. And CJ got eight million a year. And the cap but yeah, but that's that's different than so, so you grow it you grow it ten you grow it ten percent because the, the cap has gone yeah, up ten percent and eight point eight. Yeah, that's pretty close. All right. Rookie tight end at twenty nine then. Maybe. Which by the way, by the way, I'm just it is an option. I'm not saying it's the first option. I, I certainly think that uh there are other needs ahead of it, but you could certainly see a scenario. I know I could. Where tight end is in the in play on draft night round one, and it's possible that Brad's a little bit high on these tight ends on the tight end market in general. But we'll see, right? Like last year, I would have been surprised to hear that a guy like Uzama would be eight million, Tyler Conklin would be seven million a year. Some of these deals, are, you know, Gerald Everett six million a year, Mo Ali Cox six million a year. It's just maybe the nature of the position in the NFL being somewhat I- scarce. Well, yeah, I agree, but it was a weak draft, and and I think it's a better draft now. And and there are actually guys worth you know taking early at tight end, and this is a strong you know, tight end draft. Yeah, so that part should impact it some. So maybe the market is just hard hard to predict. And if it if not, fine, draft two of them, you know, and and draft one early, draft one late, go that route if you need to. I do like the idea of adding athletic tight ends, speed. Explosion. You're going to hear a theme on this uh, this podcast this offseason. Yeah, man. And we're talking about speed, guys baby. to add on offense. Trying yeah. to run. Run. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Plenty of other offseason. Barry Allen. Barry Allen. You need to be in stripes. Go ahead, Jake. Who? The Flash? Leave it there. All right. We're, we're going after comic book characters now. We'll Barry be back. Allen. We'll be back in the near future as we continue to shift our focus to the Bengals offseason. Joe Burrow contract extension. T. Higgins contract extension. Logan Wilson contract extension. Well, Collins future. You think Oliver Draft Queen primers. is there? James, come on. You got to get out of here. <laughs> Until next time, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.